came here, thank you to the organizers. Thank you to people globally who are getting up, who are being in the streets, who are being disobedient, who are being assertive, who are being powerful, who are being clear, sometimes being aggressive. This talk about violence, we can't really have it without the context of history. But I'll make it personal because it is, because I'm a person. There's no objectivity. But the closest we could get to objectivity is part of the common sense of my personal experience. Every time I turn on social media, every time I look at my computer screen and my telephone, somebody that looked like me got murdered by the police. Just like they say the coronavirus statistics are grossly conservative. We know that a fraction of what we see is what's actually happening. We know that the violence is exponentially greater than what shows up on our feed, right? So the police, up to this point, have always justified their murder of us. They say, well, we feared for our lives. And what's been surprising is that even though you can look at the video and see that there was no actual threat to any of the fucking cops' lives, time and time again, people are murdered in broad fucking daylight in public. And each time, these assassins walk. Look, man, we walk around and act like it's okay. We go to our jobs. We sit in traffic. We play nice about this shit. When you know in your gut it is foul, it is brutal, it is terroristic, it is inhumane. You know it. It's personal. If they say that they fear for their lives and that justifies the murder of you or me, shouldn't it be logical to consider that every time we see one of them, we fear for our lives? Do we have the same rights? I beg to differ. We have those same rights. We do. We just haven't been enforcing our rights. You see? We've been allowing the public servants, we've given them authority over our sovereignty. They've been power tripping so long they forgot that they're supposed to serve the people. But let's be real, we know that the institution came into existence to serve the subjugation primarily of the displaced African in the so-called New World. Yeah. Like my sister said, they got up and spoke first. We know that the commodification of the human labor for extraction of resources and consolidation of profit 
that happened to displaced Africans over here in these hemispheres would not have been possible without ongoing genocidal wars against First Nations and indigenous people. From the tip of South America all the way up to Canada in the Arctic Circle. We know that hundreds of years of this brought into existence the current economic system of the globe. Come on. Look, man, I'm up here. I'm like, I'm the product of all my ancestors. How many people met each other and loved each other and had children that had children that had children that met each other and loved each other and had children? But at some point in that, in that line, there was a rape. At some point in that line, there's blood in, in my veins that had nothing to do with consent. So when we talk about violence, we need to understand the violence of our very existence. And at what point does our sovereignty, does our self-assertion, does our agency, does our unity and our solidarity begin to even the playing field? And that's what I'm seeing right now, y'all. For the first time in my lifetime, this is unprecedented. We had this economic crisis that was brought on by a world health crisis that was exacerbated by capitalism. But the opportunity that it created for some of us, there was this uncertainty, this unrest about when is the economy gonna come back? People lost their jobs. We didn't know what the future was gonna hold for our very survival. But in that space, some of us were able to spend more time with our children. Yeah. <laughs> some of us discovered that we could do more efficient work without having to fucking commute. <laughs> yep. Some of us looked up at the sky and we saw that the lines around the clouds were clearer than we'd ever seen in our lives. So in that space, there was an opportunity for us to question, what is this system really good for? Really though, we don't need, this system needs us. We don't need it. In that space, in all that uncertainty and insecurity, I woke up one morning and I made the mistake, and I know a lot of us do it, the first thing I looked at that morning, I think it was the 26th, I, I don't regard it, maybe the 27th. Before I got out of bed and went to the bathroom or even got a drink of water, I looked at my phone, y'all. And I saw that black man on the ground. I saw that black man on the ground in the city I moved here from. My teenage years were spent in Minneapolis. I was in them streets on the south side. I know 38th in Chicago. I know how hot and humid and muggy it is out there in the summer. And I know the feeling, I know the vibe. And you take all the poor working class people in that neighborhood, in that black neighborhood on the south side that runs up against a Native American neighborhood on the east side of Lake Street, Little Earth Reservation. And you got all them black people and all them native people and all them poor working class people and you got them cops that's been terrorizing them. There were times when I was in Minneapolis dealing with police terror where I had to lay there and take it. 
Because I didn't know if I was going to make it home to my mom if I fought back. So I know what that feels like to be on the ground. And I watched him kill that. I didn't know he was going to die. I was like, oh, he's going to get up. He's going to get up. He's going to get up. And I watched that murder, y'all. And I'm not trying to be out here just reinforcing and using the trauma like it's some type of spectacle. I'm not trying to trigger nobody. But this is real, y'all. I'm so glad that people have responded the way that we have. It gives me hope. For the first time in my lifetime, because of this unprecedented global universal crisis where everybody on earth is facing uncertainty, it's an opportunity for us to decide together what we need to walk away from. And so, Thank you for being patient. I know I'm going on. I got a few more things I want to say before I'm done. I want to say thank you to the life that that brother lived. I want to acknowledge the life that they took. I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. So for all the people that believe in the mythology, right, of this cat called Jesus Christ, that died for our sins. I'ma look at George Floyd and so many other. I'ma look at Brianna, I'ma look at Kendra James, I'ma look at Sandra Bland, and I'ma be like, that's the embodiment of that thing. That's what y'all talking about. And if that energy is something, you know, there's all the stories like, why does a, why does a rabbit lay chicken eggs and all that kind of stuff? Because it's about the resurrection and the second coming, right? Let's get psychedelic with it. What if, what if the second coming is each and every one of us realizing that George Floyd was us? And we resurrect, we get up from the dead. We embody the spirit of those that gave our lives for us to come here together today and for us to be together all over the world. There's always been more of us than there are of them. Always. And at some point, they're going to start defecting, but I'm not going to hold my breath. And I want to say this in closing. Diversity of tactics. I'm a radical. What I mean when I say radical, I'm looking for the root cause. When you want to eradicate something, you go to the root. You don't just pick off the leaves. You don't just pick off the fruit. You go down to the root under the dirt. Diversity of tactics. The root causes our capitalism, our patriarchy, our white supremacy. A system based on scarcity, fear, and violence because they know they wrong. They know they're the minority and the only way within the rule is through manipulation, coercion, fear, and violence. So as we face this in our lifetimes and try to create the type of future that our offspring and future generations deserve, and we don't even know if the human race is gonna sustain beyond 150 years on the planet because the civilization has been dominated by patriarchy, patriarchy, white supremacy, and capitalism has created an atmosphere where the ecology is leaving the planet. We don't know, but Harriet Tubman, when she was leading people to freedom, 
Look at, think about, imagine the type of odds she was facing. Imagine the type of odds that Nat Turner knew he was facing. You feel me? Yeah. We gotta have that same type of certainty. Yeah. Diversity of tactics. Yeah. I'm not gonna marginalize with my language or on social media, I'm not gonna marginalize people who are expressing rage. I'm not, it's bad practice. I might not agree with it. I might not go out there and do that myself, but I'm not gonna marginalize those people because they got a right to be angry. And it's always gonna be people of the property. And I'm gonna say this and be out Thank you to my brother Micah that invited me down today. Look, diversity of tactics, we gotta defund these police. Yeah. If, people, if people were not in the street tearing shit up every day, then they wouldn't be taking seven figures out of these police departments. Portland Public School would not have ceased their contract with, with the Portland Police Bureau. So keep marching, keep organizing. For those of you that have the patience to sit in long meetings while boring motherfuckers talk, do that shit. Go to, go to city council, pressure them. For those of you that don't have that type of patience, Make art. Yeah. Let's keep loving each other and being strong. Thank you. One love. Peace.